welcome to this lunchtime reading. My name is Neil Astley. I'm the, one of the patrons and past trustees of Ledbury Poetry Festival, and I'm also editor of Blood Axe Books. Thank you also to our principal funder, Arts Council England. So we've got two poets here from New York University, which has a summer school every year in Paris, which is how we've been able to get Deborah Landau, Alex Dimitrov, Kevin Young, and Nicole Seeley to come to Ledbury for this weekend. So it's a great connection to make, one we tried to make in previous years. We were defeated by the pandemic, although we did get Robin Cost-Lewis online. Uh, but this is a connection that we hope is going to carry on. Alex Dimitrov is going to read first, followed by Deborah Landau. But I'll introduce Deborah first. Deborah is a professor and director of the creative writing program at New York University. Her latest collection, her fourth, is Soft Targets, which was published by Blood Axe here in 2020. Uh, this followed two other Lannan literary selections from Copper Canyon Press in the US, The Uses of the Body, 2015, and The Last Usable Hour, 2011. In 2016, she was awarded a Guggenheim Fellowship. Soft Targets draws a bullseye on humanity's vulnerable flesh and corrupted world. In this ambitious lyric sequence, fear of annihilation expands beyond the self to an endangered planet on which all the inhabitants are, quote, soft targets. Her poems recall life's uncanny ability to transform ordinary places, subways, cafes, street corners, into sites of intense significance that weigh heavily on the modern mind. And it's worth remembering also that um, this book was written before COVID. Oh, you who want to slaughter us will be dead soon enough. What's the rush? Landau writes, contemplating a world beset by political tumult, random violence, terror attacks and climate change. Still, there are the ordinary and abundant pleasures of day-to-day -day living through the tender exchanges of friendship Sorry, though the, the tender exchanges of friendship and love play out against a backdrop of 21st century threats with historical echoes, as neo-Nazis marching into the US recall her grandmother's flight from Nazi Germany. The American edition of Soft Targets won the Believer Book Award Prize for Poetry in 2019, and its citation includes, the, includes this. In her latest collection, Deborah Landau writes lush, sensual lyrics to reconcile both the beauty and the unrelenting vulnerability of the body, the soft target. The poems trace patterns of violence, global and local, past and present, to convey the constant threat of destruction that looms over so many softs in our precarious present. All the while, the poems grapple with what it means to live with pleasure and tenderness amid the shadow of imminent doom. And in August 2019, CNN commissioned an opinion piece from her, We Are All Soft Targets, in the light of the US inaction on gun control following what were then the latest shootings in the US. And um, Oliver Dixon, reviewing the UK edition in the Poetry Review, wrote, Although Deborah Landau's Soft Targets was originally published in the States in 2019, its UK release in June 2020 seemed startlingly timely and prescient, coming as it did only a few weeks after the death of George Floyd. Landau's intense lyric sequence explores this sense of corporeal disempowerment 
anxiety and anomie, placing it within its historical and political context by moving us through a range of interlinked scenarios, variations on the theme that we are all soft targets. With this resolve to relish the everyday moment in the face of violence and discord, soft targets ends on a note of, of hard-won, bittersweet optimism, the best we can hope for in these unsettling times. So you'll hear from Deborah after Alex. Um, Alex Dimitrov was born in Bulgaria and grew up in Detroit. He's published three books of poetry, including Love and Other Poems, 2021, which was published this, this year by Corsair, his first UK publication. And before that, there was Together and By Ourselves in 2017, and Begging for It, 2013, and the chapbook American Boys. He's taught writing at Princeton University, Columbia University, and New York University, among other institutions. He's the founder of the queer poetry salon, Wild Boys, spelt as in Oscar Wilde, 2009 to 2013, which brought together emerging and established writers in Manhattan's Greenwich Village. On Twitter, he writes the endless poems, Love and Loneliness in Real Time, one tweet a day. And with Dorothy Alasky, he co-founded uh, Astro Poets and is the co-author of Astro Poets, Your Guides to the Zodiac, which we have copies of, among, as well as the poets' other books at the back. I discovered his work while working on my anthology, Staying Human, and was delighted to include his poem, Some New Thing, from his second collection, Together and By Ourselves, which starts with a line which grabbed me right away. The best reason to live is that there is no reason to live. I've since published his third collection, Love and Other Poems. Um, this is a book full of praise for the world we live in, taking time as an overarching structure, specifically the 12 months of the year. He elevates the everyday and speaks directly to the reader as if the poem were a phone call or a text message. From personal to the cosmos, the moon to New York City, the speaker is convinced that love is our best invention. Alex Dimitrov doesn't resist joy, even in despair. These poems are curious about who we are as people and shamelessly interested in hope. And in Oprah magazine, it was said that the poems are full of fierce astonishment, written with a winking intimacy of a Twitter DM. These poems suggest that even aloneness can be a shared experience. And the New York Times referred to it as a highly pleasurable, heavily Franco-Hara-influenced collection in love with moments and New York City and the aesthetics of cyclical ephemerality, full of exuberance and wistfulness, longing and joy. So would you please welcome, first of all, Alex Dimitrov. Uh, thank you for having me. I've never been to this part of England. Um, I actually haven't been to England in a few years, obviously, COVID and all. Uh, listening to that introduction is funny to me I, because um, my, I, think, I feel like I've written one joyous book and now everyone thinks I'm a happy poet. Um, and, I'm, and I'm really not. But, <laughs> but um, I'm going to give these poems to you anyway as they were. Uh, they were written before the pandemic. The book came out during the pandemic. Um, and uh, yeah, I, there, there is something strange um, to have written a book that thinks about um, 
pleasure in life uh, and for it to come out during a time when we were sort of void of all that. So um, I haven't read in person from it much. Um, I was telling Deborah earlier that the only time I read from it in person was last year in Paris, now here. Um, so it feels strange, but good. This is called Sunset on 14th Street. Um, I guess the overarching aesthetic, um, not obstacle or rule I gave myself, was that I wanted these poems to sound a little bit like bar talk, sort of like, or the pub for you guys, um, sort of like you're at the pub and you're sort of telling someone a story, right, um, of something that happened to you, something that's anecdotal. Um, so it was actually very fun to keep the language really loose, which is not something that I'm really used to, not something that I've done. Um, so, yeah. Sunset on 14th Street. I don't want to sound unreasonable, but I need to be in love immediately. I can't watch this sunset on 14th Street by myself. Everyone is walking fast right after therapy, texting back their lovers, orange hearts, and unicorns. It's insane to me. They're missing this free sunset willingly, or even worse, they're going home to cook and read this sad poem online. Let me tell you something. People have quit smoking. They don't get drinks, but they juice. There are way too many photos, and most all of us look better in them than we do in life. What happened? This is truly so embarrassing. I want to make a case for 1,440 minutes every day where we stop whatever else is going on and look each other in the eyes like dogs, like morning newspapers in evening light. So long, so much for this short drama. We will die one day and our cheap headlines won't amount to anything. The internet will be forgotten, all the praise and pandering. I'd really rather take a hike, and by the way, I'm gay. The sunset, too, is homosexual. At least today, between the buildings, which are moody, and the trees, which honestly, they look a bit unhealthy here. They're anxious, they're concerned. They're wondering why I'm broke and lonely in Manhattan, though of course I'll never say it. And besides, it's almost spring, it's fine. It's goth. Hello. The truth is, no one will remember us. We're only specks of dust, or one, one speck of dust. Some brutes who screamed for everything to look at us. Well, look at us. Still terrible and awful. Awful and pretending we're not terrible. Such righteous saints, repeating easy lines, performing our great politics. It's just so very boring. The real mystery, in fact, is how we manage to make room for love at all. Punk rock, avant-garde cinema. I love you, reader, but you should know the sunset's almost over now. I'm standing right in front of Nowhere Bar, dehydrated and quite scared, but absolutely willing to keep going. It makes sense you do the same. It's far too late for crying and quite useless, too. You can be sad and still look so good. You can say New York is beautiful and it wouldn't be a headline and it wouldn't be a lie. Just take a cab and not the six. It's never once in ten years been on time. It's orbiting some other world where there are sunsets every hour and no money and no us. That's luck. The way to get there clearly wasn't written down. Don't let that stop you, though. Look at the sky. Kiss everyone you can, for sure. They're a little fast, too, right? I like to read them a little fast, in a way. Um, there's something I tried to get about the tempo of New York, which I think is impossible for any writer to get, because there's so many different temporalities in New York. But, um, yeah, it's a fast city. Um, which is why it's been lovely to be here. It's very slow, <laughs> all right? Um, okay, let me give you another one. Uh, this one is called Having a Diet Coke With You. It's after um, the Frank O'Hara poem, Having a Coke With You. Um, and obviously, I'd rather have a Diet Coke than a Coke. But, um, you know, it's also like, what am I gonna do? Like, have a Pepsi? 
Having a Diet Coke with you is even better than a regular Coke because in New York, the streets are so skinny. I'm always worried about my hair walking down Lex in the morning or if we'll ever get universal health care and I can be assured I'm dying in all the regular ways, nothing unusual, by a professional who touches me lightly on the chest the first time I've been touched in months, so I consider falling in love after. Oh God, Alex, what is wrong with you? I can't believe this is the title of your poem. If you look up, the billboards are sexy and American, letting you forget all the cruel things you've said to your boyfriends. There are other things I need you to remember. Like, please stop taking cabs so you won't have to take out a loan or become a lawyer. And please stop having sex with men who are terrified of looking at your face when you cry. One day your choices will be limited and you'll wear the same outfit forever into the beyond, into the gold sea. I'm going to bury you in a white suit, infinitely delicate and infinitely expensive, as Plath wrote, as you are, as you've been even on bad days. Here, this is the love poem no one gave you, and thank God. They couldn't do it like this. Not only will we drink Diet Coke in this poem, I'm also taking us to Barney's so you can flirt with a tall boy selling sneakers and talking very slowly about his gentle sword tattoo. People of the world, don't stop. Don't give up style, irony, or Manhattans. Don't apologize for wanting to fuck someone new because you need to feel alive. I get it. I've been there. I'm imagining you reading this with a phone in your hand, in your room, by a desk, on a train, or a platform. Don't wait to do what you want. This is what I wanted to say from the first line. Don't wait because people do not have the answer. I've written this ending before in a book called American Boys, but I'll write it again for anyone who wasn't paying attention or talking shit about me on the internet. I'll never, forget, I'll never get over the fact that the buildings all light up at night, and the night comes every night, and without regret, we let it go. We sleep a little and we live. That's what we do. It's a little punchy, right? <laughs> um, yeah, um, this next one's called 1969, uh, and as... Um, what was I going to say? Um, as I was thinking about time in this book, um, I kind of am obsessed with certain years. 1969 for me is a really interesting year, um, just in American history, the fact that uh, you know we landed on the moon then, also um, Vietnam War is happening. Um, it's just a really interesting sort of countercultural moment in America. Um, and um, yeah, I guess this poem is sort of lamenting the fact that that's gone. <laughs> 1969. The summer everyone left for the moon, even those yet to be born, and the dead who can't vacation here but met us all there by the veil between worlds. The number one song in America was in the year 2525, because who has ever lived in the present when there's so much of the future to continue without us? How the best lover won't need to forgive you and surely take everything off your hands without having to ask, without knowing your name, no matter the number of times you married or didn't, your favorite midnight movie, the cigarettes you couldn't give up, wanting to kiss other people you shouldn't, and now to forever be kissed by the earth, in the earth, with the earth, when we all briefly left it, to look back on each other from above, shocked by how bright even our pain is, running wildly beside us like an underground river. And whatever language is good for, a sign, a message left up there that reads, here men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969 AD. We come in peace for all mankind, then returned to continue the war. There's um, 12 month poems um, in this book, um, and in some ways they gave the book structure. I started with June and went all the way to May. Um, and... It seems like time 
is an endless subject, right? Um, so it was kind of hard for me to know how to fill the month poems. Um, some of them are a little atmospheric, others are a little more chatty. I'm gonna read June, um, and I know we're out of June, but, um, but July is just like kind of an oppressive month for me. June's better. There will never be more of summer than there is now. Walking alone through Union Square, I am carrying flowers and the first rosé to a party where I'm expected. It's Sunday and the trains run on time, but today death feels so far, it's impossible to go underground. I would like to say something to everyone I see, an entire city, but I'm unsure what it is yet. Each time I leave my apartment, there's at least one person crying, reading, or shouting after a stranger anywhere along my commute. It's possible to be happy alone, I say out loud and to no one, so it's obvious, and now here in the middle of this poem. Rarely have I felt more charmed than on Ninth Street, watching a woman stop in the middle of the sidewalk to pull up her hair, like it's an emergency, and it is. People do know they're alive. They hardly know what to do with themselves. I almost want to invite her with me, but I've passed, and yes, it'd be crazy, like trying to be a poet, trying to be anyone here. How do you continue to love New York, my friend who left for California asks me. It's awful in the summer and winter, and spring and fall last maybe two weeks. This is true. It's all true, of course, like my preference for difficult men, which I had until recently, because at last, for one summer, the only difficulty I'm willing to imagine is walking through this first humid day with my hands full, not at all peaceful, but entirely possible and real. I still love difficult men, so that's a lie, you know? Um, the other thing that, the other thread in the book too is I guess there's poems that are kind of thinking about, um, I don't want to say the cosmos, that sounds really cheesy, but like this kind of infiniteness, infiniteness that's beyond us. Um, so this is a poem called Impermanence. The first ending, and knowing it would end, I wanted another. Lover, summer, pen with which to write it all down. The first disappointment, which is not remembered, but lives in the body, and how familiar it became to take the same walk home or lean over ledges, to say my own name when meeting someone. Again and again for the last time, the taste of salt in the afternoon, flowers for no one, alive and sold on the street. What did I think was promised in being? The way a stranger can finish you off once only and never the same after that, after knowledge, how people are being detained and shot with our money, all of which cannot prepare us for death, of which I am a student, and which is this country's business, the permanence of others. Even our cruelty toward one another will end, and I know that looking at the, at the night sky is me looking at the past, at light that's long escaped and travels alone, but won't always. Mm -hmm. What's another month that's good? September? November? You know what? I like both of those. Okay. Um, I was born in November, so I... Well, who said that? Yeah? Yeah. What are you, a Sagittarius or a Scorpio? Okay, me too. All right. I'm going to read September 1st because, um, because that's before. The great thing about ordering the book around the months is that I kind, of, I kind of can find everything because of it. Okay, here we go. September. 
Should we leave ourselves inside the longer nights we'd see it, even as the days feel once again like welcome obligation, and the leaves die entering a stranger beauty, knowing nothing of our troubles or the lust to grieve? Stepping onto a train, returning, the first kiss outside the door where the keys hang unturned, arriving to the windows at noon and the sheets from whatever we felt of the body, then forgotten, then the flowers carried up five flights of stairs and like knowledge, changing a room almost slightly, with the photograph to remember the light which appears gold and isn't, is even less so when caught. Regardless, we do it again and again as the old ghosts lift and someone unafraid of who we are calls back in the new moon with the low, with the low wind how no one exists alone. The dead, too, have each other to look for, like the scent of late fire clinging to hair and the keys now finding their locks before we go in. I've stolen a line from some pretty famous poets in each of the month poems, and that one, I think it was from Anne Sexton. It's in the back in the notes. Um, and I love doing that. I love kind of picking up lines from other people and sprinkling them in the poem and seeing who notices. I don't do it often, but I did it in these month poems kind of as an anchor. Um, I, in November, which I'll read next, uh, the last line is John Ashbery's. Um, and I would say that John Ashbery and Frank O'Hara and James Schuyler and the New York School are definitely people that I've been extremely influenced by aesthetically. Um, and also just I'm quite interested in as people who lived in New York City and kind of you know, used the city as, um, as a kind of tableau for their work. November. No later than now could we find an ending for what would have been rivers, and how someone forgot to wish us well, and how surely we went on even if they had. What do you remember of the future? Reading the news has not prepared me for myself, though I must look busy, chasing a lover, some friends, my entire family, and somehow I've ended up here. Perhaps this is how the planets must feel as they look at each other, far enough to tell any secret, as we're close enough to say nothing about ourselves and continue to live. And why is the first snow just snow? It feels like more. It leaves an impression. I leave the bed without you. I've chosen to leave more than that, too. Enough of despair. This is the red sweater I wear to the party, vying for attention, hailing a cab home where it's never once taken me. I was made here, but it could have been anywhere. That's the thing. The details. The details promising meaning don't hold. They've seldom been whole. A beautiful couple still captivates me. Long dinners extend life. It's often the truth that we have to be people. What else? And I'm saving something for next time I see you, so please do remind me. I do want to tell you. It was always November there. I actually wrote that poem right after John Ashbery died. Um, and... Um, he came to the uh, literary salon that I hosted when I was very young, um, in my 20s in New York City, and it's just something I'll never forget. Um, he was just so quirky, um, and I guess one should expect that reading the poems, but it's kind of fun to meet a goofy poet, you know, because everyone thinks we're so serious. Um, I'm not so serious, so. Maybe like two more, um, two short ones. I can't tell if I want to like make you guys laugh or not. Um, I'm not going to try. Dark matter. 
The living looking for eternity don't know eternity is brief. A favorite thing about being alive or other questions no one asks me in it would be knowing people, knowledge through time. What's the name of that hour in the day where no matter our planned futures, everything is full of nothing, as the world is full of people without reason other than small chance? You are tired and most singular in the middle of the afternoon when seeing you on the street and not in a bedroom reminds me you're real, allowing me to begin the rest of this poem. Because life isn't enough, which is unbelievable to the fog, sea, or anything lucky to be without our incurable consciousness. Vanishing, a once orange leaf that's been left in a book. The silver handles of the casket as it's lowered into the earth. People's mistakes. Dark matter. The sky just before evening. One boat in the Atlantic. A handful of balloons going all the way up. The few places in the world where it's raining as you read this. As I write this. As I, as I read this out loud. And somewhere what is expected does not return. The last lamp in an old house. How I'm not sure if I'd like to end on an image of someone turning it on. Turning it off. Silences between the waves and beneath them. People's mistakes. People's mistakes. Okay. Um, last one. Thank you for having me again. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Um, this one's called Notes from My Funeral. And I kind of wrote it as a joke. Uh, kind of at the end of COVID, I slipped it in um, to this book at the end. I don't even think my editor noticed. Um, but I thought if I died, you know, um, not from COVID, but any time in the future, people should just like know what to do. Notes from my funeral. No one's allowed to tell their sad story at my funeral. No one's allowed to tell their sad story at my funeral. There must be cocaine. Talk shit about all the people I hated. I'll still hate them, probably even more when I'm dead. Play Lou Reed's perfect day on repeat. Don't cry, don't be embarrassing. It's not a good song to do drugs to, so after play Fleetwood and take a Xanax. Rent a room overlooking Central Park and get more drugs. Invite strangers up. Don't return desperate texts from people who hound you because they're boring. Just think about me. Think of New York, how the people who never liked me never liked me because they always assumed I was having too much fun. And you know what? I was. I loved being alive. Thank you. That was so good. I'm so glad to be here reading with Alex, who's one of my favorite poets and favorite people. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks, Becky. Uh, thanks, Neil, for publishing me. We've had the best time. Um, I was supposed to be here in summer 2020, right after the book came out. But of course, that didn't happen, so I'm super glad to be here now. I'm going to read an old poem, some poems from a new book that's coming out in the States in the spring, and then a sequence from Soft Targets. And this first poem is from my third book, The Uses of the Body, that considers uh, the pleasures and complexities of domestic life and of living in a female body as, or as anybody as time passes. Solitaire. That summer, there was no girl left in me. It gradually became clear. It suddenly became. In the pool, I was more heavy than light, pockmarked and flabby in a floppy hat. What will my body be when parked all night in the earth? 
Midsummer. Breathe in, breathe out. I'm not on the oxygen tank. Twice a week, we have sex. The lithe girls poolside, I see them at their weddings. I see them with babies, their hips thickening. I see them middle-aged. I can't see past the point where I am. Like you, I'm just passing through. I want to hold on a while. Don't want to not or forsake. Don't want to be laid gently or racked raw. If I retinol, if I marathon, if I vitamin C, if I crimson my lips and streakish my hair, if I wax, exfoliate, copulate beside the fish, the fish slicked sea, fill me I'm cold, fill me I'm halfway gone. Would you crush me in the stairwell? Could we just lie down? If the brakes don't work, if the pesticides won't wash off, if the seventh floor pushes a brick out the window and it lands on my head, if a tremor, menopause, cancer, ALS, these are the ABCs of my fear. The doctor says, I don't have a pill for that, dear. Well, what would be a cure-all, ladies? Gin and tonics on a summer night? See you in the immortalities. Oh, blurred. Oh, tumble rush of days we cannot catch. All right, so um, my next book, it was March 2020, and um, I was locked down in Brooklyn. It was terrible in New York right in the very beginning, just sirens all day long, and I thought, never going to write anything ever again. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, what else is there to do in my apartment 24 hours a day? So I made myself a little um, challenge. I don't usually write in form, but I decided to write these acrostics that they're called skeletons, and they, they say skeleton on the left um, side margin. So it was like a trick that helped me keep writing. And so I wrote a lot of them, and then I wrote these flesh poems that are sort of a counterpoint to go in the interstices, and, um, and it's coming out in, in April. So I'm going to read some of those. Skeleton. So whatever's the opposite of a Buddhist, that's what I am. Kind-hearted, yes, but knee-deep in existential gloom. Except when the fog smokes the bridges like this, like instead of being afraid, we might juice ourselves up, eh? Like might get kissed again. Dwelling in bones, I go straight through life, a sublime abundance, cherries, dog's breath, the sun, then ouch, and all of us snuffed out. Dear one, what's waiting for us tonight? Nostalgia, the homes of childhood, oblivion, how we hate to go. Sundays I spend feeling sorry for myself. I've got a knack for it. I'm morbid. Make the worst of any season, exclamation point. Yet, levity's a liquor of sorts. Lowers us through life toward the terminus soon extinguished. Darling, the comfort is slight. Tucked in bed, we search each other for some alternative. Oh, Let's marvel at the world, the stroke and colors of it, now, while breathing. Flesh. And I have to say, I think of Alex with the flesh poems. You'll see why. Flesh. 
It must give pleasure, but rarely, it rarely does, yours do. But pleasure is so useful when it comes. Pleasure says, this is your sort of place, your year, you live here. Pleasure's the perfect swerve, it wins you back. Pain won't take you nowhere. Chocolate on the tongue, vodka, velvet, voila. A zipper slinking in its silver, its long slide down. Flesh, I thought a lot about your body, my body, what it is to lie in bed together and sleep. To the shores of silent dark and back we went each night, like it wasn't a mystery. Our physicality grew more hulking. More and more I had to squint at the mirror to recognize my face, that cracked mirror. Flesh. The long and short of it is, a podcast can only take you so far. There goes our summer neighbor, wife of bathing it at the barbecue again. Her toned shoulders, her back talk and small army of dogs. Here we still are. Another summer, same bathing suit, same cutoffs and blueberries, the same sordid daydream I keep having, ashamed here to say because someone might see. We won't do a single new thing, it turns out, just keep cycling through the years as if they were endless, as if they'd never cease. Will we ever run out of days? Who dares to count? To say there are maybe 30 more Christmases, if we're lucky, 30 more Julys. Here's another summer one. Skeleton. Summer dark found us binge-watching the Perseid, perched high-kinked on the lifeguard chair, undertowed by sky. The stars again, with their echolalia, their vanishing. August had come round once more with its compulsory lusciousness, its tang of cherries on the tongue. We preened in preparation, epilation predictable as rosé, grass stains, mosquito bites, biking at night. Toddlers thumbed their noses at the pandemic, the sidelined octogenarians. We tried to stay preoccupied with seasonal frivolities like how nano or non were our sunscreens, like flip-flops, tick checks, the cycle of tides. Flesh. I wanted to write the thing itself, pinned, magnetic, ambient swoon in the infinite air, eros writ large, life, the full force of it, pressing us together, good and hard. But, but what? And here's the, the poem that ends the book that's coming out. I'll read just a couple sections of it. It's called Ecstasies. Are we done with life? I'm still so into it. I like to drink and read and use my mouth, our bodies constellating in the smothering heat as the trucks slam by. The song of a siren has a sort of infinity in it, so, so, so too the poof of dove on the sill, drop cloth of sheets a drench, the coming dusk drizzle of sky, it's fading and spanning, days become decades and then. Even coffins oblige, 
Who could stand to lie still for such a long time? What if I sneeze down there with everyone else above ground breathing? What if nothing is a cold scrape and no more? Oh, toast and oranges, what are we waiting for? We're just born. We're on the brink. Let's ravel together while we still have limbs in this room made warm by our own resources. Our appetites don't know from time's up. Hurry. We trample everything we touch, accumulate and decay, inelegant machinery, often unsteady and only ever casually on our way. Catch me alive. I am today. Swept through the air in a flesh, its thinky feeling, lugging itself up the subway stairs, and now back on Spring Street again in the dazing light, pumping the marrow, a breeze of breath, a blood, and still the minutes accelerate and we wake, backweighted with days. Will we waste them all? And then when we get there, we will think, I wasted them all. Stony before I was laid in stone, mourning before I was mourned. And what was this velvet for? Spring didn't know. Flags of the grave, well, also a jubilance, not just a bawling. And off again toward whatever, drinking exalted or coughing, but still can swallow. And here all your parts are warm and mostly work and look its luck, while not yet a word from the underworld. The necklace of days, bracelets of hours, the flush of blood, present, swelling, the yes please of sex, the abject of, is it precarious? Yes, exquisite, alive, staging its trance, the hand in hand, the mouth sloshed with coffee, sugared and warm. You're silent reading this now. Okay. Now, the reason I've been brought here. Um, so Neil did a great job um, in introducing this, this book, Soft Targets. So I won't say too much about it, just that I've always been preoccupied with the body and that in this new book that uh, fear of annihilation goes beyond the self to this imperiled planet where we're all soft targets in our vulnerable flesh and there's so many threats. And um, it's lyric sequences, so it's, uh, I, I write these little lyrics and I string, I string them together. So I'll read um, a sequence and then stop and then stop and then another sequence and stop. But between the, the little fragments, I just pause. All right. And I started writing it when, um, as Neil said, I direct a creative writing program in New York, but also we bring people to Paris every summer. So we were there during this string of terror attacks that happened, starting with the Bataclan. And I started writing these poems then. Soft targets. A breath leaves the body and wishes it could return, maybe. The news, rich with failure, dither, terror. The bloated moon in constant charge of us as vapor. And this did frame our constituency, even in our cozy homes, even in a painless state, on the downriver, oh, oblivion, sipping champagne as another, as another night brings forth, dancing its big plan, its damage. I had a thought, but it turned autumn, turned cold. I had a body, unwearied, vital, despite the funeral in everything ample with bodies, covered in graves and gardens, potholes and water, an ardent river we walked together, a wine and rising breeze. Much trouble at hand, yet the lilies still. Still there was bread on the plate, 
still wine, while the, street fills with, while the streets filled with refugees and the French stepped over them en route to patisseries, cafes. Massive powers that be, what will be? We smoke our pipes to forget you. And mildly now we bide our time, the violence and real cities under siege, while also filled this morning with coffee drinkers, office workers, taxi drivers, boys on bikes. Again we came to rest on the riverside, finding a bloodlight flooding what we'd come to see. Oh, you who want to slaughter us will be dead soon enough, what's the rush? And this, our only world. As you can see, it has a problem. As you can see, the citizens are hanging heavy. The citizens' minds are out. Eros, Eros. In Paris, we stayed all night in a seraphic cocktail haze, despite the blacked-out theater, the shuttered panes. Tonight, we're the most tender of soft targets, pulpy with alcohol and all the sloth. Monsieur, can we get a few more? There are unmistakable signs of trouble, but we have days and days still. Let's be giddy, maybe. Time lights a little fire. We are animal hungry, down to our intricate bones. Oh, beautiful habits of living. Let me dwell on you a while. It was good getting drunk in the undulant city, whiskey lopping off the day's fear. Dawn came with an element of Xanax. Dusk came, I dumbed myself down. Where there were brides, grooms, these bored boy soldiers with iPhones and guns. I'm a soft target, you're a soft target. And the city has a hundred, hundred thousand softs. The pervious skin, the softness of the face, the wrist inners, the hips, the lips, the tongue, the global body, its infinite, permutable softnesses. Soft targets, soft readers, drinkers, pedestrians in rain. In the failing light, we walked out. And now we share a room with it. Would you like to read to me in the soft? Would you like to enter me in the soft? Would you like a lunch of me in the soft, in its long delirium? The good news is we have each other. The bad news is Kalashnikov assault rifles, submachine guns, pistols, ammunition, thousands of small steel balls. Every time I think this book is like, um, not relevant anymore. There are more gun attacks in our country where it's just out of control. Um, so that's sad that it keeps feeling current in that way. All right, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and just read one more, um, one more sequence. This is about um, well, conceiving my daughter and uh, how to protect the tender, cherished little world when the outside world feels so increasingly uh, threatening. Into the sheets we slipped, 
a crisis affixing us to each other again and again. Womb was I, turned out. The babies were a transcript of our making, a panorama of life on its back. Thrice I I plunked out the humans until we'd had enough of such extravagant weather and lay there thinking of the bed, how much of life happens there. At the center of everything, the piquant transitory joy. And from this, even the charred wrecks, even the Dahmers, Nazis, Bin Ladens, all flesh, fleshed out of wild, unmanageable arrows. We're always a bit dirty with it. In the birth room, you couldn't think. You were a single moan and tangle. You were in agony, maybe, but also had wings like never before. Welcome to the love bazaar. Let's dip back into it again, virility. Pheromonal lure of silk slipping off skin. Excessive again, his kiss, her shudder, as snow petals down a lace of white flowers and our baby sleeps in her indigo crib. Such a reckless act to pop out a human with the jaws of the world set to kill. And she arrived before dawn, staring straight. Her job to eat what exists. Any caress is precious. Exaltation in the breathing room. A life force. Who knew our brush strokes had been so precise? Greening darkness with this young vine and this new pain to slow time. Drew more and more from the nub of her until she was herself, emerged ready to live her one life. And she seemed friendly, looking sideways as I swiped her clean. Honey, here are your limbs. We are not too late. Daughter is a soft target. In a fuchsia crush she's come, bare and guileless, fair and free, funneling forward without a helmet toward the barest, sickest tree. Keep them from being head kicked in. Keep their blood inside intact. Keep them from shooting sprees, from x-rays and MRSA, spiked metal, sadistic men. Take a self and put her out in the wood for the struggle. Invest in armature. So I told the sky it should stay blue. Told my daughter she should stay breathing. Told my love he should and we would. As the monster storms showed their teeth and the fires flared, and the wines weren't plumb enough to numb us, and our leaders' virulent egos seethed, people dying off as if it were nothing to leave this planet, as if it were a breeze. Last poem. Thank you for listening. Don't blame the wisteria for setting off a feeling like freedom, a feeling like joy. We watched the people walking in the open square. One of them was a specialist in killing, 
fear the way of others. I've seen the most extraordinary thing about people, their faces. Remember the trees in springtime? We ate candy beneath them. Shouts from the playground, static of yellow jackets, your fresh new haircut. Here's a tweeted canto, some words for the end of the world, for when I'm forever nothing, and you are, and you, and you. What we were for such a brief. And with the laundry, the dog at his bowl, the boys going out it, going at it out back. Oh, you who want to slaughter us will be dead soon enough. What's the rush? And this our only world. Now, bring me a souvenir from the desecrated city. Something tender. Something that might bloom. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>